Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Once again, good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. We got a, we got a good number uh, today. It's always great to see your faces and to just be with you today, uh, Sundays, and worship in Jesus. Uh, let me do a little emphasis on Wednesdays. So we're kind of changing Wednesday's format around a little bit. We have started labeling it Bible School. So uh, Wednesdays in the past has been just kind of kind of random, uh, a couple few worship songs, uh, various leaders uh, uh, speaking, sharing a word. But something that I've really been feeling the, the need to do over the, I don't know, past weeks, months, is for us to set aside a gathering to where we can really emphasize and focus on teaching the Bible. So Sunday morning really isn't a place where we just teach the Bible. Yeah, we, we speak it, we break it down a little bit, we, we preach to you from it. But starting on Wednesday nights, and we, we, we started this past Wednesday, is we're just going to break down Scripture. And we're starting at a very rudimentary level right now. So what we started this past week is we're going through every single book of the Bible, and there's 66 books in all, and we are just briefly uh, hitting the overview of each book uh, so that you will have an idea of what each book is meant for, uh, the popular stories, the popular characters in it, the themes of it, the general topics of it. Because a lot of times we can be speaking, let's say, out of, of Job or Job or Isaiah, whatever, and you might hear the story and be familiar with the story, but you may not have a clue of the context in which the story is being spoken because maybe you do or don't know the origins or what that overall book is about. And what we're trying to do, and I emphasize try on my part, is to try to be really quick and really brief so that we can get through several books every Wednesday night. And so that you know I am not giving myself or anybody else a 20 or 25 minute timeline on Wednesday night. You may get that out of me on Sunday mornings, but Wednesday night, uh, literally, we are going into Bible school. We started offering coffee. Uh, we're going to be offering some, uh, some snacks as well. Uh, sugared snacks, because I want to keep you awake in the middle of the week. I want to fill you with caffeine and, uh, and legal cocaine, uh, which is uh, sugar. You know what I'm talking about. If uh, you've been off a sugar kick and got back on it, and all of a sudden you find yourself, oh, I can't get enough of sugar. Uh, anyway, Wednesday nights, Bible school. We want you to come and be a part uh, so that you can get more of the truth, the faith in you. Right on? Oh, come on, help me out. Oh, my God. Can I get a right on? Look at someone and say, right on. Smack somebody and say, wake up. Tell them you're in a spirit-filled church. Okay, now, is this going to be a continuous thing? To, now, I plan on speaking 20 minutes, but if I have to stop every two minutes, I'm going to be preaching 60 minutes today. Look at someone and say, wake up, you're in a spirit-filled church. All right. Man, act like you're alive or something. You're breathing. I want to hear you. 
All right. Last week we talked about the great comeback. This week we're going to talk about the great comeback part two. So there's times we, we, we go through things or things happen and it's just a part of life. It's a part of faith. It's a part of uh, relationships. It's a part of existing. We go through things and there's no, uh, there's no way around going through storms, going through hardships, going through delays and the list goes on. And a lot of times... When we go through something of difficulty, it, it has a tendency to, to leave an effect on us. We might be carrying baggage because of what we went through. We might have scars because of what we went through. We might deal with some mental you know, thoughts and ideas and anguish because of what we have gone through. But what's very interesting and encouraging with God is He has a really good reputation that when he allows us to go through something, whatever occurs in that allotted season is also something he uses to create an, an advancement in our life. So we could go through something and the enemy, Satan, means it for bad. Or someone that we live with or someone we are in relationship with can mean it for bad. And yes, it could be bad. But God has a wonderful way of taking bad, molding it and creating it and shaping it into something that causes an advancement in our life. But yet it doesn't necessarily mean it takes away the maybe ongoing experience, feeling, fault, scar, or baggage that could accompany a hard season. There's three people that we, there's more than three, but today we're going to talk about three people that went through something, and because they went through something, they carried a baggage. But because they went through this something, they experienced an advancement. They experienced a blessing. They experienced God doing great things in their life. So I'm going to be reading a little bit of scripture with each this is just isn't one verse liners. So the first one is Noah. I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 8, verse 23. We're going to be reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, and it's talking about God, He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals, and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Going to jump to chapter 9. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Jump into verse 18. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these three, the people of the whole earth were dispersed. The first thing we have to realize here that, is, that can be seen but yet is not necessarily told is the effect that Noah experienced because the life he knew was the life that was no more. Can you imagine coming 
out of a boat almost a year later. It wasn't quite a year, but almost a year later. All of humanity gone. All of the animals except for the one in the boat gone. All the sights and the sounds gone. The trails gone. The roads gone. The vegetation gone. The fruits to eat gone. The flowers to smell gone. The friends he talked to gone. The people he depended on gone. Everything gone. Can you imagine it? What a shock. Now, I I have moved from, I have lived amongst various cultures. And I've gone from one culture and moved into another culture that was in polar opposite. And I can tell you there's a thing called culture shock. And it kind of sets you back a little bit. You kind of have to have a little bit of time to reconfigure yourself reconfigure your thoughts and your actions, and it creates a dilemma and a delay in your just natural way of doing things. But I could not imagine coming out of a scenario with everything wiped clean. I see the possibility of depression. I see the possibility of shock and awe, I see the possibility of questioning God. We can think one thing when we first start, start through something, but when we are hit with the shock of going through it, it's like me saying, if I smack you, it's going to hurt. But after I smack you, you're going to have a whole lot different feeling than what you felt when I said, if I smack you, it's going to hurt. Same vice versa. And I see this being a dilemma, a struggle, like, what did I just come through? And what did I just come into? And some of us might be in a little bit of a similar predicament, but yet not with as much shock and awe. What have I just come through? And what? have I just come into? And for Moses and his family, there was a distinct advancement. And it was an advancement of starting over, starting new, starting fresh, and starting from a position that God wanted them to start from. Sometimes, God causes us to go through a season where our slate is wiped clean. Our mind is wiped clean. Our relationships is wiped clean. What we knew of God is wiped clean. How we serve God, wiped clean. How we praise God, wiped clean. How we gave or did not give unto God, wiped clean, and we find ourselves in a spot, and we can hear the voice of God saying, now you are where I want you to be, and now is a time for you to start over and to really do what I've called you to do. 
what I've empowered you to do, what I have made you to do, what I've created you to do, what Moses or Noah, excuse me, what Noah went through in all reality was horrific. We don't really hear about the true nuts and bolts of this experience. But if you really get down to it, it is a horrific experience. It was like the world was wiped, was devastated, was completely uh, uh, done away with by a natural disaster. And you and your family are the only ones left to live now. Now, we watch movies about that, and we pay big bucks to watch those movies. And we leave the theater talking about how, what a great movie that was. But in our reality, what a devastating occurrence. But yet, God used this season in his life where things was wiped clean as a place to start over. Maybe you are in that spot. Maybe you have gone through that spot where what, what you knew you do, you do not know anymore. Who you were connected with is not who you're connected with now. Where you found your comfort is not your comfort any longer. How you connected with God is not how you connect with God anymore. And you might be asking yourself, what do I do now? Why did I go through that? And some of those answers might be able to be answered and some of those answers may not. Our questions may be answered and maybe not. But this is what I can tell you of a great possibility is that maybe God wants you to start with a blank canvas. A new foundation to build something good upon. Because with Noah, it was that way. He told Noah and his sons, because being males, they were gateways. He said, I want you to multiply, fill the earth. In other words, I want you to make it what I intended it to be. And if you begin to study the genealogy of Noah, what you have, it is linked to us today because science has proven that all bloodlines come from one bloodline. And history in Scripture shows us that Jesus Christ came from Noah's bloodline. So there was a true advancement in creation. There was a true reestablishment of mankind that came from Noah after Noah went through the flood. Noah truly started over, and we're blessed for it. Maybe God has you in a position that you need to change your mind from what you lost, what you can't do, what has happened to you, to a mindset of, God, what do you want to do with me now? Are you going to let loss steal your future? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Are you going to allow your past loss to steal your future blessing. Moses, Noah, I keep saying that. For Noah, 
completely had to change. Let, let, let me read you something and give you my perspective on it. Where are we at? Genesis 9.20. Noah began. Can you say began? So to me, this, this, this is like a starting point. Noah began to be a man of the soil. And he planted a vineyard. Now, this is absolutely my perspective. This is not theological sound, what I'm about to say. Everybody get that? I can see how Noah possibly was a type of rancher prior to the flood that had a knack of working with animals. He had an ability to tend to the animals, to feed the animals, to lead the animals, to guide the animals, to, make, to maintain the animals for almost a year in this giant behemoth ship. Oftentimes, when you look at how God uses people, God uses people's past to get them through a season to establish a future. So in my mind, I see Noah possibly being a type of rancher or a type of livestock raiser, having this ability with animals, and then he went through the flood, and after the flood, now he's starting over, changing direction, changing what he's doing, going into a new season, experiencing a new zone, and now instead of dealing with animals, because my Lord, they probably drove him crazy for almost a year, now he's becoming a man of the soil. A complete change over, start over. We don't see Noah. The Bible doesn't even state that he focused on the past. He focused on the loss. He focused on anything that was negative. It says that he began to be a man of the soil. In other words, he immediately transitioned into change. He transitioned into starting over. He transitioned into something different. He transitioned into being the man that God had called him and created him to be. He did not let his past haunt him and keep him from going forward where God had called him. What are you going to do? Look at somebody and say, what you going to do? Say it just like that. What you going to do? You guys can't say it like that, can you? What you going to do? What you going to do, sucker? With your big bad self. Number two, Jacob. Genesis 32, 22. Read a few verses here. The same night he arose and took his wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven or striven with God and with men and have prevailed. 
So watch the story, little background real quick, is Jacob was about to face his brother Esau, whom he had stolen the birthright from. He thought Esau was out for blood. So the Bible says he took everything he had and he split it in half and he sent one part of his belongings that way and another part of his belongings this way. And then he was at this spot with his family and then he sent them across the river to another location and then he was left alone with God to tend with the demons of fear and worry, possible revenge and possible death. And it's in this moment he met with God. Sometimes, sometimes we expect God to be all nice and all cuddly and all sweet and all babyfying when we are going through a hardship. Jacob thought he was about to die. And instead of God coming along and tapping his booty and rubbing his head and saying, everything's going to be okay, baby, God came onto the scene via an angel and got into a fight with Jacob. We get mad at God because God don't make us feel like we want him to make us feel when we're going through something we feel like we shouldn't be going through. But God don't always play the lovey-dovey, everything's going to be okay, baby game. Sometimes God gets in our business in a way that it's not so pleasant And it's not so easy, and it doesn't feel so good. And the reason why is because of the change that he wants to occur in our life. What Jacob was going through was an identity change. His whole self was about to be rearranged and changed. And I don't know about you, but in order for Jonathan to be truly changed, I got to go through something that ain't quite so easy. In order for us to really change, oftentimes we find ourselves in a position that we're wrestling with God. We're wrestling with what's right and wrong. We're wrestling with what we want to do and what we are told to do. We're wrestling with uh, with, with light and darkness, or wrestling with past issues and future desires, or wrestling with all this stuff. And God was wrestling with Jacob, but Jacob did not let go. Jacob did not quit. Jacob did not tap out. Jacob did not run away. Jacob, Jacob didn't say, stop, stop, I'm over, I'm over, it's done, it's done. Jacob kept wrestling because he knew he needed a change. His business was on the line. His family was on the line. His life was on the line. His future was on the line. And he knew the only thing that could make a change was God himself. And he held on to God even to the point of his hip being knocked out of place. See, starting this off, I I, I made a comment that sometimes we go through things that has a lingering effect in our life. Jacob's, it is believed that from that point forward, Jacob walked with the limp. And every step was a bit discomforting. Every step was a memory. Every step 
was a retracing of this moment and this time and this thought that was just about to occur because it's in this moment and it's in this thought that he went from being Jacob, which means a follower, which means a heel, which means a grabber of a heel, which means someone who gets the leftovers. He went from being Jacob the deceiver to being a prince with God. He went from being Jacob to Israel. He went from being Jacob to a name that represents God prevails. And remember, he had to go through a life of limping, but every step, every limp, remembered, reminded him of what God had changed him into. Reminded him of what he was, but no longer is, hallelujah. Reminded him of that moment of wrestling where he didn't quit and he didn't give up. Yes, he had a limp. Yes, he walked funny. Yes, it felt uncomfortable. Yes, people would look at him and be like, what's up with that joker? He's walking a little funny. He don't have to stroll like that. But for him, it was a reminder, God has changed me. My identity is not the identity that I was born with, hallelujah, but my identity is the identity that I'm called into, that I'm created for, what God has done in my life. You might, be, you might have been born under a bad sign. You might have been born into a generational curse. You might have been born into a bunch of brawlers and drug addicts and inmates and losers and poverty stricken and all this negative stuff. But what you're born into, baby, is not your history. If you just hold on to God and go through the fight and go through the wrestle and go through the blessing and go through the pain that God puts us through sometimes in order for the identity to change. Who cares if you walk with a limp? Who cares if you walk with a scar that's visible on your body? Who cares if you look a little different, if you act a little different, if you talk a little different, if you sing a little different, if it's a byproduct of God changing an identity, then bring the difference on. I'll be strange from God's identity, amen? I'll be different from God's identity. I'll look different and I'll act different and I'll talk different and I'll be different if it's a process of God changing my identity. Amen? His identity was changed. Yes, he had a limp, but he had a new identity. Number three, Joseph. Let's read this. I thought I was just going to be talking to you this morning. I'm preaching, man. always comes out different than you expect. Genesis 41, verse 37. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. 
You shall be over my house, and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments on fine, of fine linen excuse me, and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride in his second chariot. And they called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Joseph went through a lot, hated by his brothers. Some of them wanted to kill him, but instead chose to sell him. He was sold as a slave, and then he was sold again as a worker in Potiphar's house. He was a good-looking, smart, bright young man, so much that he caught the attention of Potiphar's wife. She made moves on him, but because he was a righteous young man, and young men, if a hot chick that is also hot in the pants makes a move on you, you don't have to say yes. Joseph didn't say yes. And Solomon teaches in Proverbs that if a woman of this way tries to grab a hold of you for you to run, run. Don't hang out and talk story because you know what's going to happen when you hang out and talk story? You're going to fall prey to that woman's lust. Run. Joseph ran. Well, the woman didn't like that he ran so much, didn't like that she was rejected. So she blamed him. She accused him of rape or the attempt of rape. Potiphar, of course, believed his hot wife. Potiphar could have killed him, should have killed him. That was the Egyptian thing to do. But there was favor and there was grace. And there's a little message in that. No matter what you're accused of, if God is for you, who can be against you? And God will allow grace and favor to work, even if you have to go inside of a place that you really don't want to go. Joseph was thrown into prison, if I'm not mistaken. He was in prison for about 11 years. So imagine this. Here, Joseph, hated by his brothers, sold twice, accused, put in prison for 11 plus years, no family, no family interaction. No family barbecues, no family holidays, no family affection, no family touch, no family conversations. You know, all the things that we as families do. Joseph had none of it for 11 plus years. A very hard circumstance, a very hard predicament that was Outside of his fault, he did not have a fault. He was only guilty 
for bragging about his dreams. And everybody knows a younger brother or sister brags when they shouldn't brag. But yet he was treated unequally with unfairness, and he found himself in prison. But God had a plan, and it was a plan of power. It was a plan of authority. Let me share this with you. In order for the power and authority of Almighty God to rest on a human man or woman, that human man or woman is going to have to go through some hard seasons. It's just the way it is. Joseph went through a very hard season, but when he came out of that prison, he came out with authority. He went from being favored in the prison to being second command in all of Egypt. He went from having inmates as friends and companions to riding in a chariot across the grounds of Egypt while people would bow to one knee. He went from possibly wearing the same clothes for 11 years to having the attire of a prince. He went from being equal, without authority, and without power, to now pointing his hand, speaking a word in all of Egypt except for Pharaoh and his throne had to listen and obey. He went through loss. He lost time with his family. He went through comfort or discomfort. He had the discomfort of being without his family. He went through persecution. He was persecuted for his dreams. He was persecuted for being righteous, and because of it, he was thrown in prison. He went through all this junk. Have you just gone through junk that wasn't your fault? Have you been persecuted when it wasn't your fault? Have you been condemned when it wasn't your fault? Have you been accused when it wasn't your fault? Have you been looked at in a belittled way and it wasn't your fault? Well, Joseph went through all these, but God remembered Joseph. And there was a day of reckoning that was coming. And because Joseph was faithful in the midst of persecution... Joseph was faithful in the midst of being sold. Joseph was faithful in the midst of temptation. And Joseph was faithful in every single change in his life. The time came when God said, it is time that I give authority to my servant. It is time that I give power to my servant. And it is time that I take my servant and put him in a position that will save the rest of my nation. And so he put him in a position of second in Egypt. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that through him, his family was saved, brought into Egypt. Out of that family, the nation of Israel flourished for a season in Egypt. 
And from Egypt, out of slavery and bondage, Israel went through the wilderness and into the promised land. And it was all because Joseph went through something, remained faithful, and obtained authority. Maybe God wants you to have an authority in your life, an authority over that generational curse, an authority over the work of sin, an authority over a weakness that's in your family, an authority over the work of the devil in which the enemy is scheming to break and tear you down. But in order to have that authority, in order to be used by God to save that generation you're called to, you might have to go through some hardship. Maybe you've gone through hardships, and the worship team can go ahead and come out. Maybe you've gone through some hardships, and maybe you've struggled. Maybe you've battled. Maybe you felt like you were persecuted. Maybe you felt like you were in prison. Maybe you felt like no matter what you do, you couldn't do what was in your heart to do, that you was always locked up. But all I can say to you is God will take your persecution, and God will take your problems, and God will take your hurt, and God will take your loss, and he will put you in a position of authority and power if you just remain faithful to him. It's another great comeback. It's a comeback of authority. Noah had a comeback of starting over. Joseph had a comeback of authority and power. Jacob had a comeback of a new identity. What's your comeback? Because it's not for alt. What you've been going through is not for alt. What you deal with is not for alt. What you face is not for alt. What you feel is not for alt. My question to you this morning is, will you allow God to use your rejection, your persecution, your loss, your imprisonment, your weakness, your struggles, your hurt, your pain, your offense, what was done to you, what is being done to you, what will happen to you. Will you allow God to create and establish a great comeback for you? Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.